Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including life groups, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Hey, church family. Uh, Hope you've had a good week. I've had an interesting week. It's been a week that has had some grieving in it. A good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, who actually was here uh, just a number of weeks ago, Martin Sanders, who's scheduled to come back and do our men's retreat soon, actually passed away unexpectedly earlier this week. I wanted you to know that, but also wanted to let you know it's put me on just a a week of grief. (laughs) Martin's one of the people that actually taught me how to grieve well, and so I just find it interesting that he's the one I'm grieving. One of the reasons I wanted to tell you that is because this week we're in week two of our series, Demonstrate and Declare, and we're talking about the concept of power. And it's interesting because our reality is we live in a world that still has grief and death and suffering, and many of you have experienced aspects of that even this week. And it's really important that we always have a really solid balance. If you're going to talk about a theology of power, You also have to have a solid theology and practice of suffering and grief. And that's something we try to do around this place. We are in a church where we believe everything goes better with Jesus. We're a church that believes everything will be made right when he returns. But with that, I do want to talk today just about what it means to demonstrate and declare and have power be part of it. This past week, I had the opportunity to be up at the new Barnes and Nobles there on Lancaster Street. And it was just fascinating. It's a beautiful thing. Amazon hasn't fully won yet. And I was there with Jess. It was like we were back in college when we used to go to Barnes and Noble sometimes for a cheap date. And here we were and we're walking around. There was different things that just jumped out to me. One, the section, manga section was enormous. Like it just in the center there, it was quite large. And I was just like, I don't even really know what manga is. It's kind of like anime, but different, but the same. I still don't really get it. But it was important for me to just see that's a big part of our culture right now. Then I saw the self-transformation section. So I went over there to just see what, what is grabbing people's attention right now? What are they reading? And I, it was just three larger uh, just shelves and it was full of how to become a witch, witchcraft, tarot card reading, and then spooky ghost haunted house stuff in the Pacific Northwest, like huge area in it. I was like, wow, okay. And then I turned around and facing that across from it was the section that said religion. It didn't say Christianity, it said religion, and it was about the same size as that other section, and it was all world religions. And it's really interesting because I don't know what you feel when you hear that. Maybe anger is what is rising in you, and maybe that anger is turning to sorrow because you know people are opening doors to stuff that might lead them to to some levels of just unhealth and bondage. Or maybe what's rising in you is actually just there's a level of intrigue. You're like, oh, wow, this, this says that people are hungry and asking questions about the transcendent. And it's actually that intrigue that I want to see released today. I believe that that intrigue is, is what shows us that people are curious and that there's an opportunity here for us. People are searching for an encounter, a power to not just know Jesus, but to experience God. And I think it's important we talk about it 
Paul Heber talks about this flaw of the excluded middle and how the Western church struggles to just relate to anything that is transcendent. We want, you know, as, as the Western church, oftentimes we want things to just be more rational and easily understood. But Hebert, this, this professor, he argues that we need to develop a better understanding of the questions our culture is asking so that we can help people so that we can just be more holistic, relational, and relevant in our engagement with them. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that the question, is there power behind it, is a major question that our culture is asking. Yes, people are still asking, is it true? Does it rationally stand up? But many, many are also asking, is there power behind it? And the good news is, Yes, there is. And the good news is that Jesus operated in a culture that looks more like 2024 than probably 1984. As far as the questions that people that you know and love are asking. We see that. In Matthew chapter nine, we have this story and it tells us in verse 35 that Jesus is traveling through all the towns and the villages of that area. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's announcing the good news about the kingdom. And it says he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the field. A couple of verses later, we see that Jesus actually commissions his 12 disciples to go and do the same. And he says, go announce that the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. And then he says, give freely as you have received. This is the word of the Lord today. And I hope that through it, you see God's desire, his pursuit of people and that it often uses power. God uses power to pursue his creation that does not know him. And for us, it's important to see here that that power is unlocked through prayer and compassion and unselfishness. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. Scripture says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. And that's a big deal. When Jesus leaves the earth, he says that we'll do greater things than he ever did through his spirit. This is the kingdom of power. It's unexplainable. And it's less rational than many of us want to make it. Let me humbly confess that I am guilty and I am the first that tames its advance with my intellect, with my lack of faith. I tame it with fear of being perceived as one of those crazies. I tame it with my fear that what happens if Holy Spirit does not show up and the person does not experience what I hope they do. And then I have to just sit in the disappointment with that person. I don't like doing that. I personally tame it out of fear of malpractice of operating in it. But as Uncle Ben says, not the rice guy, but the guy from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And I also find it really interesting that the stories that we love to testify, that we love to hear about the most, that we celebrate are often the ones of power. And they're the ones that were the most hesitant to be part of ourselves. It's why we felt it was important today to talk about evangelism as power. Power in his pursuit. 
It is unlocked through prayer, compassion, and unselfishness. It's unlocked through prayer because we can only do his will. We do just like Christ did. When he walked on earth, it says in John 4.34 that Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of the Father and completing his work. And we have to locate ourselves in what he is already doing. We simply join him. And we see here that oftentimes what he is doing is powerful. He's healing the sick. He's releasing people from bondage. He's giving people dreams and prophetic words. And often he wants to do that through our faith and our actions. But I think oftentimes we miss those opportunities because we can't even fathom. We don't have a framework for him pursuing people in that way. And therefore it's difficult for us to locate ourselves in his story, in his unfolding of the kingdom. We can't imagine that neighbor being freed of cancer. We can't imagine that that coworker being freed of that crippling addiction or our friends seeing that fractured marriage actually be supernaturally healed. It's tough for us to even picture God appearing in a dream or vision to pursue our prodigal son or daughter. But over and over in scripture, we see that's what he does. John Wimber, the author and pastor says this, power evangelism isn't about adding to the gospel or seeking to add power, but rather turning to the Holy Spirit in our evangelistic efforts and constant, consciously cooperating with his anointing, gifting and leading. Here our text also reminds us that we don't have to do it alone. Jesus here is sending out the 12 and then again the 72 in Luke 10, he tells them to go in pairs. So who's your partner? Here we're told to ask for more workers to go into the harvest field. We often pray that as part of sending people far away to the nations, but I think a better way to look at it is for us. As we toil, as we are tired, just in the work here in our city, we are enabled, we are encouraged to ask God to send us people to join us. We're allowed to ask the Lord to send other friends that know Jesus into our children's lives. We are allowed to say, Lord, would you bring another follower of Jesus into my coworker's path? Would you bring a caretaker who knows you deeply to help take care of my parents? And may they demonstrate the gospel with their kindness, with their love. Prayer unlocks power as God pursues. And here in Matthew, we see that compassion also unlocks. The power is unlocked through compassion. This is a big one. Compassion is so key. And I believe that many people that long to operate in the authority and the power that Jesus does want to delegate to us can't because we don't have this level of compassion. It's like when you have a, a pill bottle and if you can't read that it says push down and twist or turn, you're not gonna get to the contents of that. And it's the same. Likewise, if you don't have the Father's heart for the hurting, for the lost, for the broken, he is not going to allow you to operate in that authority and power. Holy Spirit power operating through you isn't going to happen if compassion isn't present. The other thing that compassion does is it's a safeguard. It's a safeguard. You see, Holy Spirit, power and magic are, are two different things. And, and compassion is what safeguards the name of Jesus from ever being used as magic. There's Jesus and there's false religion and spirituality. In Jesus, 
when he operates in power and when his people operate in power, it is full of compassion. It's not about them getting any credit for it. It's always glorifying God. And so it's important that we ask the Father for his heart of compassion for those in our influence. And when we do that, I believe that more power will be unleashed. Finally, we see here that power is unlocked through our unselfishness. As Jesus is commissioning these 12, he says, give away what you've been given, freely give. In Matthew 10, we just, we see it clearly. Our text reminds us that Jesus in his commissioning with the 12 is primarily releasing power. They have experienced that power themselves and they have seen Christ work and operate in that power. And now he is saying, Go and give away what you've received. So often we talk about this verse with regards to finance, and yet the context that we see it in, give freely as you have received, is actually about power. That's an important thing for us to understand. There's also power in the prophetic here, where he says to go and announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. Our prophetic words always testify to who Jesus is. As it says in Revelation 19, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so we declare those words. Church family, our calling for today is to show the beauty of Jesus wherever we go, to tell the truth about him, but to also look for ways that he is looking to move and pursue people in power through healing, through prophetic words, dreams, and visions, through these encounters with the Holy Spirit that can help people overcome many of the rational arguments that they might be having struggle with. Our kingdom is a kingdom of power. And yet, here in scripture, it says, give away what you have received. And so before we end today, I don't know where you are, but I wanna just take a moment to receive his healing so that then we can operate and heal others. And so maybe you are there today listening and there is a spiritual need. Maybe there's a physical need, a difficult diagnosis or something you've been struggling with for a long time is there and you're looking for physical healing or maybe it's a relational healing that you need a repair or reconciliation to come and that's only gonna happen supernaturally. Whatever that might be this morning, before we go, would you simply take a posture of reception? And would you tell Jesus directly what it is that you would love for him to do? Because I assure you, he is a good father. And let me pray for you. Jesus, we just call on you, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We know you still do it. We hear testimony after testimony of what you are up to. And so I just pray that you would come now, that you would heal relationships, that you would break generational bonds and free people spiritually. For those that have been intrigued by the transcendent and have gotten into things that they shouldn't have, I just pray that you would take away the power and any footholds that have been given away, that release would come in Jesus' name. For those that are struggling physically, Lord, I just pray that you would come, that you would heal necks and knees, elbows and ankles in Jesus' name, that backs would be straightened, that cancer would dissipate in Jesus' name. I pray that depression, insomnia, and anxiety would go away from those who the time is now. 
And Lord, for those who you are not healing today, Lord, I just pray that you would bring your compassion and your comfort to them, that you would empower them with Holy Spirit perseverance, that they would know you and call you the one who comforts. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love of people that don't yet know you. Would you operate in us? May we bring the peace and the presence and the power of you everywhere we go this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, thanks for engaging with us today. Grace and peace to you. Be safe. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.